It's time for the Daily Stand-Up Podcast presented by Agile Dad with your host, Lee Henson. Without any further ado, let's get started. I had a lot of questions last week about team working agreements, so I thought I would do another episode on some concepts behind an effective working agreement. So take a minute and imagine you're on a team, right? Where everyone knows what they're supposed to do, how they should do it, and the norms that guide their behavior. I mean, that sounds incredible, right? And that's the whole purpose behind a working agreement. It's an essential way of creating a high-functioning team, or at least creating an environment where a team can get to that point. But as you start diving into what a working agreement is, it's incredible. I've looked on the internet and saw a thousand different things that people could put in an agreement and a thousand different ways to do it. And some focus on how to handle conflict, some focus on other things. I wanted to give you just some fundamental elements of the working agreement and then touch on a couple of additional topics because I thought that would probably probably be the best way to approach this. So let's go for it. So some fundamental elements of a working agreement. So uh, shared purpose, it's a way to state clearly the goals and objectives that the team has. If, if you have these in place, it'll keep everybody aligned and it'll keep everybody focused on the North Star or what you're trying to do. Uh, another fundamental element is roles and responsibilities. This is one that people often overlook. Uh, this allows each team member to look in and understand what their position is within the team and know how to do what they need to do. Now, this is interesting because... Uh, I often say roles and accountabilities or roles and responsibilities because what I found is from organization to organization, sometimes when you start just talking about roles or just talking about titles, that different people give different titles to different accountabilities. So what I'm trying to say is instead of trying to say, okay, um, you know, we, we're all business analysts here and we all behave the same. We need to know what the role of or what the responsibilities or accountabilities of that business analyst are within the team that they're working. All right, coming at number three. I think it should include any important process notes or tools. So we need to make sure people who start out with our organization know everything that's at their disposal in order for them to be successful. So if we take time to talk about communication channels, what tools we're using, how we're leveraging those tools, which things are available, how they tie back to what we do, and what our process is. I think that's going to help us establish number four. And number four in the fundamentals list has to do with norms and behaviors. This is how we define acceptable conduct within a team, and it sets the tone for how we're going to interact and make decisions. And I think that even if you had nothing else in your agreement but those four things, it would provide great value, right? Now, of course, we're trying to do these working agreements for a reason. So what's the reason behind it? What's the logic? Why are we trying to do this, right? I mean, those are the four fundamental pieces, but why do we do it? Well, the first thing I thought of right away is it enhances collaboration. If you have a strong working agreement, it allows people to talk to each other and collaborate and know their inbounds, right? And when I say no inbound, no that they're inbounds, that means that it establishes some norms for how the team's going to communicate, how they're going to work together, and it helps promote respectful interactions. Uh, it lets people know where the safe space is for dialogue and that there is a safe space for dialogue. 
and it helps them have those conversations. And as a byproduct, that helps you have improved accountability because then team members know that they're going to be talking about things. So each person, you know, takes on their accountabilities and they take those seriously. But then at the same time, it also allows for people to be more adaptable because if we know that it's okay, it's safe to have conversations, it's also safe for us to be flexible when we need to. And if we incorporate some of these values into our working agreement, it's going to help us when it comes to everything from better communication to conflict resolution or aligning with values. Uh, it's going to help us just really understand and it's going to help the team feel like they're empowered because they're going to feel like they had a working say in how things are going to be done. So I think that all those things kind of work together. And as an end result, the product or service that you build ends up having higher quality. Your estimates become more predictable. Everything just kind of falls into place, right? But I think a lot of people take for granted the entire concept of having a working agreement. So I had someone in class say, we've been working together for a long time as a team, and we've never had a working agreement. And I was like, well, I guess that's possible to have a team that works well together without a working agreement. But then as the class progressed, wouldn't you know it? This person turned around and gave me some questions and, and, and I jotted them down just because I thought it was kind of weird uh, or unique. And I want to share some of the things they asked. So now keep in mind, this came from a person on a group without a working agreement. They said, how do you improve poor team dynamics where we're not really working as well together as we could? Or here, here was the second question. They said, um, I've noticed compared to other teams that our team is starting to see a decrease in productivity. Could this be just because one person on the team is not doing their job? Or what are some of the things I should look for as an advanced scrum master to help combat decreased productivity? Um, then <laughs> we started talking about stories and story delivery. And this person said, yeah, you know, it's just hard to nail quality. We have a separate testing group from our development group, and it's just hard to get quality out there. What types of advice would you give for teams uh, to uh, improve if quality is an issue? And then came the big bomb. This person said, while we've been together as a team, it's impossible for us to be predictable. I said, why is it impossible for you to be predictable? They said, well, it feels like every few sprints, every couple of sprints, we have someone leaving the team or someone trans transitioning or leaving the company. They said, also, you know, everybody seems to be completely burnt out. Nobody's happy with what they're doing. And I sat here and I thought to myself, if this isn't an advertisement for why you need a working agreement, I don't know what is, right? The working agreement is expected to help you communicate more effectively, to make all the expectations clear and explicit, to establish normal communication and communication norms of how we're going to talk to each other and what we're going to do to promote that open and honest communication that we're looking for, the radical candor communication, to encourage the team to elicit feedback and have discussion about the feedback and figure things out, to provide a solid framework for how we're gonna resolve conflicts if they do arise. And I think that if we regain our focus and really push forward with a solid agreement, I, I, I wanna describe it this way. And I think this is the key. The pillar of having a good working agreement is what I call person on the street. If someone new joined your team, would they have the right information and understand how to interact and who to interact with and who's responsible for what? Uh, it's almost like buying a new appliance and having a quick start guide. 
I really do believe that a working agreement is intended to help people have a better understanding of each other, but it's also intended to help people really get that jump start on what they need to effectively work within an organization. You know what? That's going to do it for this episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you have a topic you want us to discuss, feel free to reach out. Learn more at AgileDad.com. We'd love to hear from you. As always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Until next time, do take care.